0: Hey everyone and welcome to the Let's Joust podcast, a podcast that's made for coaches, players, uh, everyone to help tackle the sport one-on-one. And today I'm joined by my co-host, my sister, Jess. Jess, how are you doing?
1: I just ate two sticks of beef jerky and had half of a Halo Top ice cream pint what better
0: way to spend your (laughs) thursday night
1: (laughs) i long day
0: at work so i needed it nice thanks how are you um you know so we have my dog my our brother's dog killer we he we got him last week and so now I have a dog, and he. I use my iPad. We record on my phone. and I use my iPad to look at our notes, and he just licked everything all over my Aww. iPad. No, his name's Killer, and he's a Pomeranian. <laughs> yeah, it's it, people. It? People get really confused when we're like, "Oh, what's your do-? like? What's his name?" I was walking him, Fluffy, and someone's like, "I was like Killer, and like, what? I'm like, no, his name is Killer, and they're like looking at me like." I'll be you're like, crazy. Come here, come here you're a killer. And like it turns ahead and like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> the Pomerania? I like forgot how um I don't know. We we're we're so used to it that it's I didn't realize how abnormal it is until people started reacting. Weird. Right, right. I'm like, oh wait, yeah. It is an odd name for such a small, floofy dog. Especially we got him a toy. And any other dog, the toy's ripped up in three seconds. This toy has lasted four days and only its ears missing. Oh, because he's so tiny. He is so tiny. His tiny teeth. Yeah, but he licked my whole screen, and so now I just have... <gasps> is Z- that why Z- the notes
1: have, like, there's a, a Z in front of, like, one of the letters?
0: Yeah, because I... In front of your, your, Yeah, so... Oh, yeah, that just happened. He just said <laughs> that. So killer. And his breath is so stinky. Cause it he's is. Eight. He's old. He's old. Yeah. Okay, so today we are talking about serve receive, and I ran a poll on our Instagram, and I think like thirty seven people responded, uh, mm-hmm. and I asked, you know, what does the serve receive stress you out? And thirty six people said yes, and one said no.
1: Oh my god! I was I thought you were gonna. I got so confused. I thought you were going to say 36% said yes. No,
0: no, no, no. So, I, get, I don't know what the percentage was because I just looked at the people. Um, but, yeah, uh, only one person said no, and um, that actually was me because <laughs> <laughs> I, I knew a lot of people would say yes, so to see the percentage, what the percentage would, would match up to, I always go with what I think the non-majority is. Mm. So that way, when people see the percentage, they know. that Because if it's always 100%, people think that they're the only one responding. Oh, true, I guess. So just from like a marketing standpoint, because that's what I do, you always take it and you answer what the least common one was, and you subtract that from your overall. So really 36 100% of people said that it stresses them out, I just did that so people wouldn't think they're the only one responding yeah um so that was that was really astonishing. I think I thought it was gonna be more split or um at least you know seventy thirty um but I also asked some what some tips were um uh, people how to go over you know what your tips for serve receive and so that's what we're going to go over today like just this tips on how to master it and so Jess, do you want to go over 1a because we have very detailed notes
1: we do and it's because serve receive is such a panic inducing part of the game and i've said this before but it's the worst part of my game i overthink it i um I don't react appropriately to the ball sometimes. It's hard. And to this day, it's something I struggle with. And a lot of people struggle with it. So we want to give some tips that you can think about when you're back there. And it takes a million, it seems like it's like a million years between contact with the ball and contact with your own arm. But. And that's how uh, I used to
0: be too. It used to really, really stress me out. And then. I just something like clicked where it's like, or if you want to be a libero, you have to like serve receive. So I'm actually, even though I, I did answer no to be the control of the group stress, serve receive actually does not stress me out. Hmm. Um, the thing that stresses me out most is a middle attack as a defender. Um, that's probably the thing. Cause they're just so, so much harder for me to read, but serve receive, is actually fun for me. It's a fun game I like to play. Like, are they gonna serve it to me? Are they not? But all these tips can help you can help you get there. And uh just will go over the first one. Yeah, so we have a lot about
1: positioning yourself. Um and that's very key. You just can't go back there and like all willy nilly. You ha- there's a specific way you need to set yourself up for serve receive. And the first one that we have, um, is you need to square up to the server. So wherever the server is on their back line, adjust your body so it's facing them slightly. Right. That makes sense. You always want to be facing them. It's going to be very minor adjustments, but it'll help because it'll help keep the ball in front of you and track the ball better. But also, if you are... To the, how do I want to say this? Go by well, position. Dip your shoulder, the shoulder that's closest to the setter, yeah, toward the setter, when you're passing the ball, um, that'll guide the ball in the direction of the setter. And another important part about setting yourself up. I know you want to square yourself up to the server, but Kristen, you have a very good point about um how else you need to set your body up
0: right so um, but also square <laughs> squaring up i just want to like define what that is because i'll say okay, that yeah. to my girls and they think they're squared up but they're not it's not just your your feet your hips and your shoulders right. are all directly in line with the server so your one foot is not Back. So if you're in the five spot and the, the what do you mean? I,
1: I, wait, what do you mean by your one foot's not back?
0: I'll, I'll explain because I see this okay. a lot, especially with people who are in who are in server receive in the five spot. What they'll do is their right leg they'll drop back so their hips are to target. No, your oh. hips are. To the to the server, uh, so like you're, they put their,
1: they put up like they're doing a mini lunge or something. Yeah,
0: so like their their right foot is back and their hips are to the target, but their shoulders are are to the server, and that's gonna set you up for failure. Wait. a lot of the time, so because- their you see
1: their you see their shoulders to the server, but their hips to
0: the, the, the side, the position. How that's, do the center position. Yeah. Right? That's what that I'm saying not to do. Do not do this because it's so awkward. Um, and if you have to pull away, like if, if you react and you take some off the ball, it's going to go directly behind you and in the stand because you're already facing the server. And then when you pull away, you're going to pull away to the hip that's back. And that hip that's back is the one that's closer to the line and the ball is going to go out. By squaring up your hips to the server and then dipping your shoulder. If you have to pull back, you're pulling back into you. And it's just going to go And with your shoulder being dipped. It's going to go anywhere high in the middle of the court. So that's what we mean when we say square up. It literally means your hips, your feet, and your um, your hips and your feet. And your shoulders. Your actual shoulders are facing the setter. But the height of your shoulders is different. Your right shoulder is like just that it's dipped, is a little bit down. So when Once you make contact with the ball, yeah. Yeah. So that way, um and that's just setting yourself up. And but while you're in that position, you do have to stay loose and on your toes so you can move in any direction. And you don't have to be I have seen some people who take it to the extreme when I say on your toes. And they're literally on their tippy toes. <laughs> if you are one who has bad balance, um, you're gonna aim for more so the center of your foot, not be like like the ball of your feet, more so than your toes. Because if you're someone who already has bad balance, um, you could just like get caught, like and trip over yourself. You just don't want to be on your heels. It's just yeah, you kind of want to be on like the um that padded part of
1: your foot. Yeah, if like if you're touching your foot right now, you don't want to be on your heel, the back part. Move your foot up, not to the arch, but right above that that padded part, right below your toes. You kind of want to be, uh, kind of moving between that part and like the joints of your toes, if that makes sense. Yeah,
0: like kind of like where the knuckles. Right. If you crack your toes, like where it's kind no,
1: like where your toe bone. <clears throat> I don't know anything about biology. This is hysterical. Your toe bone meets the padded <laughs> part of your foot. Your
0: toe bone yeah, meets your ankle bone. Yes,
1: I see some people rock between that and it helps them just stay loose a little bit.
0: Really, the the easiest way to stay in that ready position and stay on your toes is just to make sure that your feet are behind your hips. This is something we worked on a lot for girls. And because if your feet are behind your hips, your momentum will be forward. And that kind of tricks you into being in that right. forward momentum. Um, you want to fall
1: forward when you're passing the ball.
0: But don't, what don't you want to do,
1: Jess? Point C. Um. Oh, I do this sometimes. It's so easy. You, it's very hard not to yeah, do. Yeah, so easy um, to do. You don't want to, like, jump or pop up when you're when – you're serve receiving. So like when the ball is coming at you and you, I don't know, you just jump. If that happens, your feet are probably not in the right position. Hence why you're jumping. It's almost like you're trying to catch the ball. This happened to me on Tuesday in my adult league. I, the ball was flying like over my head almost. And I, I misread it. I thought it was going to go shorter than it was. And it was flying behind me. And I, it hit me almost on my head, kind of. That's like the tra- trajectory it was coming at. And I popped up to pass it, and the ball went straight up and behind me. So you don't want to jump up or pop up when um, you're serving. receiving. You want to keep your feet planted, and you need- you just move your feet. Don't pop up. Don't jump up. Move your feet to where the ball is going and we'll talk about how to read the ball um, in a few points but you always want to be behind the ball
0: and um, in order to be prepared to so you're in the best position so you're not popping up you can actually watch the server you can read them to figure out where the ball is going to go where they're going to serve it and um, you can you look at their shoulders their hips and their feet to see where they're pointed and that's a good indication of where they plan to serve the ball. And that's not always the case. But also if they're someone who <laughs> spot serves from their coach more times than not, you can as soon as they look where their coach gives them a the spot, they look at that spot on the court either right after they get that signal from their coach or right when they look up.
1: That I like to I used to like to trick people. By looking and, at a different spot, I hate you. Yeah. You're my like <laughs> <honey. laughs> My coach would, like, give me the signal to serve it, like, short to the two. And I would look to the five spot.
0: <laughs> to trick them. Yeah. Or
1: I would just keep looking around. Or the best, I mean, some girls don't look at all where they're serving. They just do it. But yeah. that's a, that's another good indicator. Just watch their eyes and their body language.
0: And if you don't side out on that one once you get the first serve you know a lot more about the server so you will know if you can rely on those tricks for the next serve Uh, i just like to tell myself oh it's coming to you it's coming to you no matter what just because that really helps me with if i'm expecting it and i i want it i like dare them oh i dare to serve it to you dare it to serve to the libero dare to serve it to me that like that kind of helps you get around it um that the stress
1: yeah, instead of willing it to go to somebody else, and then you are unprepared when it comes to you, just expect it to come to you every time.
0: And we were talking about this a little bit before when we started recording, but just you were telling me how you use the antenna <laughs> as a guide for the height. Yeah,
1: I kind of do. Um, I feel like I was taught this when I was younger. So for me, I kind you can just. I mean, I've been playing so long. I I know where the ball is gonna go just based on uh the server and how high they toss it and all that nonsense but i a good way to figure out where the ball is going to land long short deep or not that's the same thing as long long short if it's going to be um something that's going to drop or something that's going to come at you head on i use the antenna so you kind of have to look at the height and the speed of the ball to determine where it's going to land. So for me, if the ball's really high and coming at a slow pace, then I know it's going to drop short. Not all short balls are like that. There's a lot of girls who serve short and it's like, it just grazes the, um, the, the net. It's so hard you to do. talk with the net. Those are hard, but, um, This is just basic indicators. There's a million things that can go into this. If it's super high and it's coming kind of slow, it's not going to go very far, so it's going to drop. If it's super high and it's coming fast, it's going to go deep or out. It might even drop right before the end line, inbounds. Um, If it's kind of in the middle of the antenna, I know it'll probably be something that'll be Towards, like, my chest, so I might have to take a step back. Same thing, like, if it's coming slow in the middle, it's going to drop. If it's coming fast, it's probably going to go a little bit deeper. You just have to be prepared for that. Um, If it's just grazing, if it's low and it looks like it's going to graze the net, you have to be prepared for it to hit the net and trickle over and then make a run for it. That's why being on your toes is important. I mean, it's the same for any height and um, speed of the ball.
0: So, And you can always work with your coach to, um, like, there are some girls who are very fast at backing up and knowing when to use their hands. And there's some girls who prefer, prefer to be deep and move forward okay. and serve, receive. So um, you can use the antenna as a guide as to where you should be, like, when it's coming when the service happening but you can also work with your coach to figure out where you best positionally set up for success um and a lot of the times it is like in a flat you
1: do want to be in a a flat line
0: right um or a um, uh not a deep V, but like there's a, a slight v we use right right but yeah <laughs> that's something you can work with your coach for i mean there i was just thinking about other things but um that is basically all the tips to how to correctly position yourself. I would suggest with all of these, pick one to focus on the next practice. Master that, work on that, and then move on to the next tip. That's how you cannot do all these in one practice. No. You will drive yourself crazy. It will be there are sp- drills that are just focused on this, and it can be something that I post to our Instagram in the future. But don't do all this in one practice. You will overthink it. And if you feel confident enough to move on to the next uh, point, you can do that. Exactly. But it,
1: it is, especially if you're new to the game, this is a lot of overwhelming information. You might not even know what we mean by anything until you see it. So, and it's a lot of just learning as you go and listening to what your coaches say to you. Because if you do have good coaches... Um, they'll tell you this stuff anyway so and they'll remind you during games and you'll be like
0: oh that's what they were talking about right and i would if you are wanting to make these changes i would make them in order of how we talked about them squaring up is most important and what we just talked about using the antenna is way more advanced so i would do them in order of how we discuss them uh, but now we're gonna actually go over the right ways to prepare and pass ways these, to prepare ways to prepare uh, each serve type. And again, oh, yes. this is after you feel that you are set set up right and you completed everything else that we discussed. Um, don't you agree, Jess? Like this is, a little yeah. Bit more I mean,
1: game. um, it, I guess it depends at what level. You are at because if you're like 15 years old and everybody just kind of stands and serves then maybe um positioning yourself for each serve type is not that in- of the utmost importance um you do need to figure out your body first and how it needs to move to the ball um before you should tr- stress yourself out about how to pass each serve like I said your coaches will guide you through that but it's still good to know so that yeah. when you're like oh they're doing a top spin
0: i remember them saying this exactly you can always try it yeah um and the first one is a float serve so float serve is my favorite absolute favorite and what happens is we can go over how we will go over how to serve these balls but basically the way you hit the ball it does not spin And it it floats through the air. That's why it's called a float serve. Now, these ones are tricky because a lot of people are good at float serving and float serving short and deep. Um, And what that means is that when it's deeper, sometimes it looks like it's going to go out, but it can drop at the last second. Or sometimes it seems like it might go in the net or it might go deeper, and then it drops just over the net. So these are very... Um, they're very fun serves, but they're the hardest to pass. And they, since it will change midair, all you can do is be on your toes. And as soon as you lock in, if it does change air or change in the air, you have to just continue with passing it. If you think it's coming towards you and then all of a sudden it goes to the right, you have to move to the right with it because you're locked in. And that just, it's, it's just calling the ball early. Um, Anything else you have to add in with float serve? That one is harder just because there's not much you can do. You just have to be um, on your toes.
1: Well, um, you might have said this already, but
0: are you not paying uh, attention?
1: Well, Nico keeps calling me, interrupting my conversation. Hmm. But, Rude. um, like you said, it does change direction mid-air. You just can't. Uh, don't break your arms or anything like that, I think would be my biggest Like, freeze after you pass? It comes hard, and it comes really fast sometimes, and it it sometimes even hurts a little bit on your platform, so you just want to keep your platform strong, and wherever, I mean, there there are points where you're going to mess up, and you're going to misread it, just make sure your arms are, like in the direction of the setter and just hold it because if you break away you you have no chance of getting that ball anywhere near the setter but even if you misread it and it's outside of your body and as long as your arms are you know, toward the setter it at least has a fighting chance to, to get toward her and if your platform is still together.
0: Right. And the next one is a top spin serve. These ones are you can detect them based off the toss. Right, Jess?
1: Uh, yeah, a lot of people, um, at least from my observation, I don't topspin serve. I jump float um, or I just stand and float depending on how I feel, how my knees are feeling and my ankles are feeling. But a lot of people will like one hand toss it and they do it in a way that like f- they kind of flick their wrist and the ball is spinning. A float serve, it's it's very flat. There's barely any spin on the ball, whereas a a topspin serve is a ball is literally spinning.
0: And they're usually Um, a float is usually a little bit shorter of a serve, and a topspin is usually the height. High. Yeah.
1: Yeah, because a topspin, um, people don't really do topspins unless they're jump. It's a jumping topspin serve i have never seen someone top like topspin the ball and not jump so in order to accommodate the the jump in there people will toss it a little bit higher um and for those they're a little bit tough Uh, they're all all serves are tough but it's, it's very different than a float serve because the ball is spinning so fast and it's coming at such an incredible speed all you really need to do is just make sure your arms are in the right spot. Um, so you don't want to move your arms or swing your arms because, again, the ball is coming so fast. There's so much momentum. The slightest tweak can send it flying in the opposite direction. Um, and it's you don't really have to put anything any speed on the ball. Like sometimes with the float serve, when you're passing it, you do have to leverage your arms a little bit to get it to target. But with a topspin serve, you don't need to do that because the speed of the ball, the momentum, like I said, that it's coming at you is enough to make it there. So you just want to hold your pass and make sure your platform is aimed at the setter and you don't want to move. Um, If you do need to take some power off the ball, there are times when it's kind of coming slow or I'm sorry. um, It's coming really, really fast and it's too much and you know, it's too much. And this just comes with practice. Recognizing this, you can lower your arms a little bit and it'll take a little bit off the ball. So it actually goes to target. and doesn't go flying over the net or to somewhere you don't want it to go. Um, I've also noticed and I think I do this if I really think about myself passing a top spin serve. I think I shrug my shoulders. And I was reading up on this. So I'm like, huh, I do think I slug, I shrug them slightly, like not all the way up to my ears. <laughs> some people do do that. Depending on how fast that ball is coming, you might have to do that to take some power off the ball. But it creates a lower point of contact. Um, and, yeah, it creates a lower <laughs> point of contact.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, it is. I think it is It is pretty common to shrug your shoulders. I think that's just one way to, you know, how if you put your feet behind your hips, it forces you to be low. If you shrug your shoulders, it forces your arms down. And, like you said, it takes it off the ball. So I think that's – I do see that a lot. Um, but the next type of serve is a short serve. And a lot of them – might be floats. Sorry, I was just eating a chip and it was really spicy. Uh, So you can identify that a serve will be short based on the speed of the ball as it gets closer to the net. So if it's moving slower and you can tell that it might be short or drop, when you identify it, you always want to make sure your platform, tabletop, is relative, the angle is relative to where you are on the net. This is something that like I observed when I was playing and no one told it to me. And as soon as I observed it, it made my life so much easier. But when you are closer, close to the net, right next to it, your arms are straight out. And if you were to balance anything on your arms, it wouldn't fall down, right? As you get closer to the end line, you start to angle your arms down. And as you get closer to end line, you do that because that's the angle it needs to be at to get to the setter. As you move close to the net, you bring those arms back up height-wise. So it's a straight line hor- horizontally from your fingertips to your shoulder. And as you go to end line, it's at more of an angle. So as you're moving close to the net for that short serve, you need to bring those arms up into a straighter line. And if it's within the 10-foot line... When you pass it, that's when you flick your wrist up, and they call it jaying the ball, because it's like you're making a J with your arms. I think I don't know. I might have just made that up. Um, mm-hmm. But you jay, you jay your wrist up, and that extra flick gets it to go right on top of you.
1: Also, you probably want to um, be aware that the closer you are to the net, the smaller you kind of have to make yourself. So for me, I have to always drop my knee, down, one of my knees down. To pass, you uh, mean? Yeah, to pass okay. because I'm tall and it helps me get under the ball. Right. And pop it up high enough as opposed to just passing like normal because I'd really have to like almost break my wrist jaying it up to get it where I need to go. Um, whereas dropping one of my knees, depending on where I am on the court, it depends on what which knee you drop, um, but dropping one of my knees helps me pass it to target and stay under the ball a little bit.
0: And that all is relative based on your. I think it really depends on just how comfortable you are with passing, or just how tall you are. Like you're you're six feet tall, and I'm like five five and three quarters. So I don't need that extra length because I'm already closer to the ground than you. Um, mm-hmm. so. But that's a good thing for our tall players, especially, like you said, in earlier episodes, people who want to be those all-around players or those middles in high school that can play back row so they can do more for their team in college. Like, oh. Dropping that knee is important. And just, do you want to read that little, like, disclaimer we have?
1: Oh, I put that there. Yeah.
0: Because um, these are just
1: basic... To us, these are just basic guidelines. These aren't, like, the bi- the Bible... All's true. Nothing can go wrong if I do it this way. There's always adjustments that need to be made. Um, these are just, like I said, very basic guidelines and principles to how to, you know, pass certain balls and how to set yourself up in serve receive. But um, there isn't a really a perfect formula that works every single time. Every server isn't the same. Every one of their serves isn't even the same. Sometimes. Um, every, there's so many different types of serves. You'll never see the same serve, like, more than once, I'd say. Um, because there's always a minor tweak between serves. So, you're going to have to tweak yourself here and there as needed. I mean, you might think you have a girl down that you know how she serves and she could completely go in the opposite direction and you're going to have to make an adjustment or her serve is just slightly different than before. Again, you're going to have to slightly make an adjustment to beat the ball. Um, But like I said, like we've said in the past, repetition is key to understanding how to make the appropriate adjustments. So you just have to keep practicing and figure it out. And
0: eventually, You'll, your body will follow. And in serve-receive, it's not only the passer that has a very important job. Everyone has a very important job and things they can do when they aren't passing that can help set their team up for success on the play. Because if you think about it, if you can master a serve-receive and you can put the ball in play and you have a strong offense, you can side out within the first time you send the ball over the net because they're giving you a free ball essentially. Um, So the first thing you can do is these are all communication-based, these tips that we have, and these are all for the girls who are not passing. So if it's clear the ball isn't coming to you or if you're front row and there's no way you're going to pass the ball, um, the first thing is to, like, try to call what type of serve it is. (coughs) You can notice a trend where the server will serve the ball, uh, the spot the other courts so you can say to each other watch one watch going to the five watch short watch deep." this just helps keep you guys engaged and really the more that you're like just talking to each other and getting ready for the play i think the less you will spend time ruminating over the stress of serve receive. Mm-hmm. um but as soon as you know that you're not going to pass the ball what do you do jess
1: well, on top of the point you were saying, everyone has to call the ball yeah. that they see. Like, once you know what a topspin is, you need to screen top. Once you know what a float, float, deep float, I even say deep float if I know a girl always serves a deep. Um, short. And you say this, you know, as the ball's about to cross the plane of the net, almost as soon as it, it's making contact with the um, the server's hand, but anyway, um, another important thing I I see and it trips people up a little bit, especially when you're younger and just learning how to play volleyball. If you are not the one to receive the ball, you need to open up to well, even before it even makes contact with their hand, you got to open up to the girl next to you or the boy next to you so that they know you're not taking the ball and you're ready to keep your eye on the ball and see where it goes. You want to open up to the ball. It's like opening up to your setter to hit the ball. You're getting ready for the next touch. So you have to keep your eye on the ball. I see a lot of people like if I'm uh, passing next to another girl next to me, and I don't move and my back is still facing toward her, and we're so close in the back row, I think she might take that ball. Right. But if I see out of the corner of my eye someone opening up to me, it's kind of a good indicator, even if I already know I'm passing the ball. It's another indicator that this ball is mine. Um, and it keeps you as the other player prepared because you always want to keep your eye on the ball. You don't know where that ball is going to go. What if she shanks it and it's easily easy to chase down but you don't know where the ball went because your back is facing it then you lose point when that ball could have been saved um and there's others
0: yes I started talking and I need to stop eating these spicy chips yes you do but they're so Um, good I'm so sorry they're plantain chips and they're jungle chili and I think I'm fine and then I eat more and I'm not fine um
1: do you want to talk about so yeah i mean i mean, I you know i'm ignoring you because you're a wuss when it comes to spicy stuff but you put yourself through this pain so i
0: don't really feel sorry for okay they Okay, there are tricks i do to myself to prevent me from snacking too much so i only buy spicy snacks because i can't eat much of it and so it prevents me from because i drink so much water and then i get full and then it stops me from snacking um Likely story. Continue. What What else can we do when we're um, you know, you can we're trying to
1: help ourselves and our teammates.
0: Once you know you're not taking it, you open up, right? If you're someone who is in the passing position, you never duck. And an (laughs) easy way to reinforce that you're not taking it, in case you know someone can't see you, is by talking to them. And um, it really depends on the coach. I have had a coach before who hated when we said, uh, go like, go, go, go. Like most coaches hate that. And I've had coaches before who hate when you say you or yours, but you can say that. Um, but you can also just say in, in or out, in, 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 in. Yeah. in. Um, cause sometimes people hear you and they get confused. Um, or they hear you say anything and they get confused and they think you're going to take it. So they have to go, hand- if you're going to call the ball, you also have to open up and if you open up, you have to call the ball. So those kind of go hand in hand with each other. And they help reinforce what the player is going to do. And it helps give them confidence when they're going to pass the ball. Like, if you're saying in, and in, in, they're like, okay, this is in. Because as that ball is coming to them, especially if they're in the sixth spot um, and you play in the V, they might be doubting if it's in or out. They might not be sure. Right. Um, I'm kind of going to mash these two points together. Yeah, I think you can.
1: Yeah. So the next, I mean, it's kind of the same thing you were saying about being encouraging and communicating, but uh, just saying good job, nice pass. I say it during the game, like as the game's going on, I'll say nice pass because that makes you feel good when you're like, oh, I did get a good pass. Or even if it's um, a shanked ball that you run down or "Eh, it was kind of off target you still you still want to be you can say nice bird, touch boy. yeah or, touch, or you, it. you got it next time we got it next time i like saying we so they don't feel like they're off on an island and it's all their fault just say we got it next time i think it makes it more team oriented it's a little tweak um and for someone
0: um,
1: um if, but,
0: if your coach thought serves too, and you shanked a ball or the person next to you shanked the ball um it's they're probably gonna serve it to them again and you can say you can tell them they're probably gonna serve it to you again i got you don't worry you know what i mean that way they know if they shank it you're gonna you're ready to run it down every time
1: sure um and speaking of you have to if you're not passing you need to be ready oh, like we've talked we've talked about running down the ball like opening up so maybe you have to run down the ball and keep your eye on the ball Because there's a lot of time, the ball might not stay within the court um, and you have to go off the court to run it down. But, um, you know, if it is a good pass and if it does go to target and there's a good set and it goes to any hitter, it could be back row or front row, which you also have to be ready for. You could be set back row. uh, But that's another story for another day. You have to be ready to cover your hitters because what's after your pass? The set to the hitter and you can't just stand there what if she gets blocked what if it gets tooled she tools it off um their hands and it's still on your side of the net somehow and what if it i don't know comes back over like you got to be ready to and there's an easy
0: rhyme cover there's an easy rhyme for that if you love her you will cover
1: oh yeah you always want to cover you want to go with the flow of the ball like you don't want to just be standing there you need to be making adjustments with your body to always be facing the ball even if it's just like pivoting your foot you always want to be look you always want to be ready because you never know what could happen
0: dun, dun, dun. correct you know like plankton from up. sure i feel like that's not the first time i made that reference and it won't be the last Oh, that's unfortunate for me. But anyway, that's all that we have for um, ways to master, serve, receive. And like we said, the talking you can do right now. The talking you can do at practice. Um, Mm -hmm. That stuff you can do immediately. The technical stuff that we went over at the first half of this podcast, I would take those one practice at a time.
1: Yeah, if you're uncomfortable taking – some people might be comfortable. Like, they could process it quickly enough that they can – It's up to you how you want to do it. But if you're someone where you're like, oh, this seems too much, just focus on one thing at a time. And like I said, your body will follow along. It'll become a habit. Just keep practicing.
0: And if you are a coach who is looking to implement these drills, um, you can do serve receive. And um, for one practice, or if they're picking up fast, you can do it faster, but you can implement these one at a time um and go from there yep all right well that's all we have for today we will talk to you next week thank you so much for listening and don't forget that you can follow us on instagram at let's chouse and you can always leave us a voice message or message us on instagram if you have a topic you want us to talk about so thank you and until next time Bye, Bye. <laughs> You make killer's head like turn because your voice is so high pitched. Yeah. <laughs>